Well, we're looking at this series we call The Purpose of Power. And everybody in here has a desire for power, whether you know it or not. Anybody ever been in a situation where you couldn't physically get something done that you really need to get done? Anybody ever, ever had a struggle with uh, opening a jar that just you get on and you mm, mm, and now they, they make these special things. I can get that. Watch this. Or, or you get here. You try it. How many, you know, you pass it around like, oh, who can open it? Yeah, you wanted power then. There's physical power. You know, one thing I was thinking about in preparing this, I might take some of you back a little ways. Anybody remember the comic uh, book and the advertisement was in there called from Charles Atlas? Anybody remember that one? <laughs> some of y'all like about the 97 pound weakling at the beach and this, this big muscle bound guy kicks sand in his face and, and he's like, Hey, you stop that. And, uh, and then he decides he goes home and gets all upset and finds this ad for Charles Atlas. You can be buffed if you just do this. And so they go and then the, it shows he can come back later and it, he uses his power to, to take care of that guy. We, we all have this desire and there's power comes in many different places and many different forms um we want physical power so we want there's right now there's a battle for political power it's going on real bad and, and one thing if we don't know the purpose of something i love what dr miles monroe said many about three decades ago i heard this and it just you ever hear something that just sticks with you, you go Ooh, i like that he said this way he said where where purpose is not known abuse is inevitable so if I don't know the purpose of something, then I'm going to abuse it just simply by not knowing what it's supposed to do. Just like in our society today, we've got people that don't, I mean, our elected officials, they're there to represent us. That's what they're there for. The power that they have is what we give and say, hey, you, you, go, you go and represent us well. And so if we're not careful, they'll, they'll have a, their own agenda. And so they're here to serve the people. Jesus came to serve. He literally said, hey, he had, he had the power to create anything. John chapter 1 verse 3 says, everything was created by him and for him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. And so he had the power to do anything, but he only used it to serve. He said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve and give my life. Take the power that's all here to bless those around me. And I think more than anything, that's what God wants for you and me. And so we're on this thing about Holy Spirit and talking about Kellen did a great job of how he cleanses us on the inside. He's, he's water refreshing. Like, like anybody here already been in the, in the ocean already? Summer kicked in. Y'all like, I'm going for the ocean. Although it's still about 75 degrees. And you go take your 98.6 degree body in there and you go, yay, let's go. Oh, you know, it'll refresh you in a big hurry. You go, whoa, okay, okay, okay. You know, that, or you jump into a pool. Anybody ever been to Itchitutney Springs or one spring? Stay 73 degrees year round, all year. So there again, you throw your 98.6 degree body in there and like, refreshing somewhat. You got to get used to it. Anyhow, that's the Holy Spirit, water, wind, blowing in. That's what we talked about last week, that he comes in us and he begins to blow fresh air in and go where you can breathe and you go wow all the stuff that tries to weigh us down and tries to make us feel less than he comes in and goes hey i'm more than enough for your less than enough that he begins to bring life and so today 
we're going to be looking at this thing about holidays, about power. And uh, in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, Kellen shared verse 3, but in verse 1 it says this. It says, if you got your Bibles, you can open them. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And next Sunday as, is actually Pentecost Sunday. And uh, that's one of these Sundays that y'all, y'all know. <laughs> it, whatever background you came from, Pentecost, you mentioned the word Pentecost or Pentecostal and all things come to mind. There is, depending on what your experience are, from mild to wild, every bit of it is all kind of encapsulated in there. And really, if you look at it, what the word Pentecost is, we're going to break that down. It's a day. And matter of fact, it's a holiday that was shared, and it, it had been shared for, for a thousand years by the Jewish people. And so as we look at this, I want us to understand what Jesus did. He came to give power, but in a very, in, in a very practical way. The purpose of it, you'll see that he, he did it for us and for others. And so in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So what's been a big argument in our culture today is that, oh, we're not under the law and we aren't. The Holy Spirit has set us free from the law of sin and death. But it doesn't mean that, hey, we forget about the old. We don't need the Old Testament. We just need the New Testament. And I believe with all my heart that we can learn from both, that they're joined, they're connected. I can't have a New Testament without an Old Testament. I can't have a, a, a new experience without an old experience. I, I got to have something that says, hey, this is where it started. And if we look at these holidays, to us, they may seem weird. But to a Jewish person, they'd seem, oh, yeah, that's just natural. There's actually seven of them. But today we're only going to look at three of them. And we're going to look at how well they parallel. About four years ago, I heard a pastor, Pastor Chris Hodges of, uh, of Church of the Highlands, an incredible church, he, he broke it down in such a simple form. I went, I, I can understand that. I, I, I get that. I, I understand that well. And I want to share just a few things that, uh, that made it real simple and understanding to me about the power of God. Because a lot of times we look at the Old Testament and we see God as this mean God that he, he just wanted to smite. He was a smiter and he was smoting and smiting. All this looking like, give me, I'm going to throw fire at him. I'm going to get him. And it wasn't that at all. What he was trying to do is protect his people and he was trying to keep them from the things that would hurt them as well as lead them to the things that would help them so in passover the very first one that they that everybody celebrates we call it easter that's what we call it today we celebrate it as easter but it's still it's called the passover and real quickly in the passover many of you know about it but if i were to go real quickly through it it's simply this that the children of israel had been in bondage to Egypt for 400 years. And they got there because they were hungry. <laughs> That's all. Anybody ever got somewhere, you got hungry for something? And I, this is a word for somebody, you got hungry for something? And you, you, you got it and you got stuck in that, whatever you were hungry for? It could be any number of things, like what you drink, what you smoke, what you take, what you eat. <laughs> any number of things, physical affection. You can get stuck in it or it can get stuck in you. Anyhow, they... They were hungry. They needed. There was a famine. They moved to Egypt and they stayed much longer than they were supposed to. The Egyptians 
said, hey, they're getting too, they're getting too numerous. We've got to do something. Otherwise, they're liable to take over this place. And so what they did is they enslaved them and had them build their pyramids, had them, had them do, uh, do their manual labor for them. And as a result, God said, I don't, I don't want them enslaved to anybody. I want them free. And so he sent a deliverer. He sent Moses. And so Moses goes and says, let my people go. You know, <laughs> that was bad. I know. <laughs> we'll try to stop refrain. But uh, he was saying literally, let my people go. And of course, Pharaoh said, yeah, okay, right. And um, as a result, that's paraphrase. But what he did is he said, hey, God, in his incredible ability, did for the Israelites what they couldn't do for themselves. Like they didn't have the ability to get themselves free. But God said, I love y'all. I got you. So he sent nine plagues, nine of them. And all nine of them, the Pharaoh, he, he would, he would, he would relent a little bit like, uh Oh, I don't, I don't like water turning into blood. I don't like frogs all over the place. I don't like mom. I don't like all these plagues, but he would always relent and then come back harder. And so on the final one, the Passover, it represents the time where Jesus, where, where God said once and for all, Moses, tell the children of Israel, get ready. You're fixing to get out of here. And it's going to be with a mighty move. And it, it, what's going to happen is the firstborn is going to, the firstborn male is going to die, which is what, if you remember, the first thing that when Moses came on the scene, they killed everybody, all the males two years and under. But he said the firstborn male is going to die. Get ready. I'm going to, I'm, the death angel's coming through. But you'll be safe if you'll do just a few things. If you one, you'll take a blood, the blood of a lamb, an innocent, spotless lamb. You'll sacrifice it, and uh, and then if you'll do that, and you'll take the blood and smear it on the doorpost of your house. When the death angel comes, he'll pass over. In other words, he'll cover. Even though they're sinners in their houses, they'd sin. But God said, I'm going to cover you and you're not, it's not going to touch you. And so that's where we got Passover. Some of the things about Passover you may not know is this is the Passover lamb. This is what it did. This, the lamb was supposed to be sacrificed. Anybody know 9 a.m. on Passover. We just celebrated this about six weeks ago on what we call Good Friday. That was Passover at six at 9 a.m. The lamb was supposed to be sacrificed to be um, roasted that afternoon, eaten that afternoon. At three o'clock, it was put in the oven. Three p.m. The, the 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 lamb was put in the oven, and then this, like I said, that lamb covered their sins. Well, if you look at it in the New Testament and you see the parallel of Jesus and what he did, it is incredible because at Passover, Jesus has the Passover meal with his disciples where he told them, you're going to receive this power. It's going to be incredible. The Holy Spirit, if you ever get a chance, read John 14, 15, and 16. He tells what's going to take place. What the, 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 area, the period we're living in now. And he tells him, hey, I've got to go. Don't worry, but I'm going to come back. I'm going to send the helper. And guess what? At 9 o'clock, at 9 a.m., Jesus was killed. The same thing, the lamb in the Old Testament at 9 a.m., 9 a.m. on Passover, Jesus, the nails went in his hand at 9 a.m. Guess what? At 3 p.m. that day, we just did a series on this, the words to live by, at 3 p.m., 
He gave up his spirit. He died. What the, 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 the Old Testament, the, ant, the lamb went in the oven at 3 p.m., the lamb went in the tomb. <laughs> Jesus went in the tomb. And instead of just covering their sins, in the Old Testament, he covered them. In the New Testament, guess what? He says he removes our sins. He didn't just cover them. He's like, I'm getting rid of them. Anybody here have a problem, a nagging thing where sin just kind of keeps, you don't want to do it. There's not somebody just kind of get you. It kind of pulls you. It kind of grabs you. It kind of wrestles with you. Jesus came to remove it, not just cover it. It's not like, well, there, oh, no, it's gone completely as far as the east is from the west. Done. Gone. That's something to celebrate. And so this is what 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. And so this is where the Passover simply represents the power of, that was demonstrated at Passover represents your and my salvation. That's our salvation. That's where it was all paid for. And, and let, me, let, me, let me help you all with that. Because see, salvation, some people think they still got to do some good stuff in order to, to, to make it work. Like, I, I, I know God, I know Jesus, you did that. But here, I'm going to help you out. I'm going I'm to do some good stuff. The, the Passover, is, is, it stands on that holiday, stands all by itself. There's nothing you can add to it. And the reason why is this. Because God does not want you or I to think that any way that somehow we were good enough to get to heaven. So, so your best day that you think you got it, God's saying, man, it's okay. I've already done it. It's not about works. As a matter of fact, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, it says this. For it is by grace, gift, grace you've been saved through faith. And that is not even from you. In other words, the faith I have to believe in Jesus was given to me. It is the gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast about it. So so you and I, God wanted to make sure that, hey, it didn't have anything to do with your reading the Bible. Come on, anybody ever thought, okay, I got to read my Bible. God's going to be mad at me. Come on. <laughs> I got to go to church. Oh, I, I got to go to church. If I don't go to church, God's going to be real mad. I better show up. That What he wanted was this. It to stand all by itself that it's nothing based on your goodness or your ability. It's all based on his goodness and his ability that he does the saving. We, we say, yes, Lord. And I'm, I pray if you haven't done that this morning, this would be a great morning to say, Lord, take it's all here. I give it to you. You go ahead. Do, save me to the uttermost. I want it all gone. I don't want nothing. It all belongs to you. So that is the beauty of doing that. And so, so, the, the second holiday, which is a major holiday, the one we're fixing to celebrate next week that probably brings the most confusion in. Because a lot of people, you know, speaking of Passover real quick too, that's what this communion meal that we celebrate here, and it'll be there every Sunday. You can take it at your house. That's what this represents. It, it, where Jesus said to do this, remembering that he took care of it all, that his body and his blood paid for everything. So I don't have, he took care of it for me. All I have to do is say, thank you, Lord. Yes, I received that. Amen. So the next holiday is what we're about to celebrate. It's called Pentecost. Pentecost. Woo. Woo. You just think sometimes when you think, you just feel like you got to do something because it says Pentecost. Whoa. <laughs> Let me just say this. It's a day. <laughs> the word Pentecost, it's a scary word, but it simply means 50. <laughs> Five, zero. Pentecost which is 
which is, which is five, and then cost to the tenth power Pentecost. It means 50. And what that is in the Old Testament, they celebrated 50 days after they were delivered from Egypt. Guess what? They're now on the mountain. Moses goes up the mountain and gets the law, the Ten Commandments, and they're like, whoa, we're out of here. And so on Pentecost, what they did, in Pentecost, a cloud descended uh, with loud noise and fire. Anybody ever seen Cecil B. DeMille's, the Ten Commandments? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Moses goes up there and he, Moses, you know, it's always one of those, whoa, and you're like, whoa, 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 and you're like, whoa. You know, and, and while the, while they're doing it, fires, you know, God's throwing fire against the rock, you know, and, and all of a sudden, you know, the commandments, you know, he's kind of scrolling them on out through fire. He gets them out of there. And so the, he does that fire comes. God writes his law on tablets of stone. Moses isn't sitting there going, God wrote them on there and he writes them on there. He writes his law on stone. And guess what happened? Moses comes down from the mountain with these and they're worshiping a golden cow. And as a result, 3,000 people died that day because of that. Now that's, that's what happened in the, at Pentecost in the Old Testament. Guess what? Here we come 50 days from Passover, which we're about to celebrate. This is the sixth week. Next week will be the seventh. You, you do the mathematics, you know, math seven times seven. 49 plus 1, you get 50. So if you look at it, Pentecost, the Holy Spirit, kind of paralleling what, what Kelly just said. When the Pentecost came, it said a loud, rushing, violent wind comes in the house. So a loud, with fire, tongues of fire on the head. Woo! Just like in the Old Testament, he, he brought it in. Some of y'all are like, I don't like fire. It's like, well, the fire of the Holy Spirit, it's not going to burn you. It's going to burn up some stuff in you, but it won't burn you. And that's what you want. You want it gone anyway. Amen. Thank you, Lord. But instead, God, instead of God writing his law in stone, guess what? He wrote them on our hearts. He said, no longer is it going to be something out here. It's going to be something right in here. I'm going to burn in your heart. It's something I'm going to be, I'm going to give you that and, and help you with that. And then instead of 3,000 people dying, Guess what happened? 3,000 people got saved. And we're going to look at that again. Got saved the day of Pentecost. You tell me there's not a parallel about the power of God. God, his purpose is to transform us. So we then begin to transform others. It's always been his purpose. The last one. Um, well, hold on real quick. Just to show you the, the 50. In Acts chapter 1, verse 3 through 5. We looked at this a little bit last week. On one occasion while he was eating with them. He gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, um, uh, but wait for the gift my father promised, which I've, you've heard me speak about. And then he goes on to say, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And that word baptism, it means to be dipped, plunged, immersed. We're going to go into great detail that next week. But it, remember what I told you last week about spirit. It means wind. It means breath of air. It means, so you're going to be baptized. You're going to be blowing in and just refreshing. And, and God wants to do that in and do that through us. And then he goes on, which, which has been a scripture we've been standing on for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And, but, but you will receive Acts 1-8. You will receive power 
when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and the Samaria, and the utter ends of the earth. So what that means is through that power, the power demonstrated at Pentecost, believe it or not, is not to give me power to run around a church, to walk on the back of pews, to, to do any, any other thing. They, those things, I mean, it can, it can hit you. You can do, but it's really made to do one thing. It's made, it's given us the power to make a difference. It's given us the power to make a difference in people's lives. And that's what God wants to do. It's all about Him. Um, and so, w- w- when we look at it, um, we gotta make sure that, hey, we're, we're about you. We're about people. We wanna see people restored. So, in, in, um, w- when we look at the, the whole thing of what all He's done, He's given it to you and me to, to help other people, to make a difference. He gives me this power. He gives you this power. And there again, he's not a respecter of persons. He doesn't look at one and go, yeah, I like, I like, ooh, I like them. And look at another and go, mm, 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 that ain't going to work. He looks at everybody and says, man, I love you. I'm for you. I got you. Every one of us are made in his image and in his likeness. He is for us. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So the third and final holiday we're going to look at, I said there's seven, but three major ones. This, this next one is not as well known. It's called the Feast of Tabernacles. And literally what it is, it's about harvest time. They would actually, the, the Jewish people would celebrate. This was after 40 years of wandering in the desert. Should have been 11 day journey. How many of us have wandered around in the desert? <laughs> Should have been 11 day journey, but we here we are. And today, and this, this, and the next couple of weeks, I believe God's going to set some people free. You, no more wandering. No more wandering. You ain't got to wander, wander or wander. You can, you can take in the wonder of God and say, man, you're so good. I, I wonder how I, it took me so long to get here. And so, uh, the tabernacles, it was always celebrated in the fall during harvest season. And in the Old Testament, this is what they do. Uh, it had to do with tents. So they were wandering around, hence tabernacles. They were in tents wandering around. They didn't have a permanent home. And so it had to do with the tents and they're living in temporary huts. And then, they were brought to their final home, so they're celebrating. We finally made it to the promised land. And then they celebrated, um, they were brought to the home, and they celebrated it during the harvest season so they could say, hey, Lord, look what you've done. You've done so much for us. And it was just a, a joy and celebration. In the New Testament, this is where we get to celebrate this time. It's like, for us, for you and I today, it means this. We're living on this temporary earth. Now, I don't want to shake anybody to the core this morning. Those watching and those here, <laughs> you ain't going to be here forever. <laughs> we're, we're on our way out. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I celebrate that. I'm saying, Jesus, I, I've told y'all often, and I'll continue to remind you, when y'all hear Mark Linton has taken his last breath, <laughs> you go, because what he's seeing and what you're seeing is completely different. I don't know what you'll be seeing. It don't bother me, but because I won't be here. But, but what I will be seeing is going to be like, wow. Ooh. I'm just telling you, I'm telling you, when you get this and you understand that's what God's done. He, so we're living on this temporary earth. We'll be brought to our final home in heaven. And guess what? There will be a great final 
harvest. In other words, we ain't done yet, y'all. God is wanting people to connect with Him in a very real and a very powerful way. And I want to challenge you to begin to lock in as never before. Because He is for us. He's not against us. Uh, there are more people, there are more people that have been saved since 2000 and 2020 in those, in the last 20 years than all the 2000 years combined from when Jesus came back. I mean, Jesus came out of the grave. 2000, 20 years to 20 to 2000 years. You tell me God is in the restoration business and he wants to use you and me to do that. And I challenge you. Here's what the scripture, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17 says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. And by the way, that's another word in the, that the Jews use for the Feast of Tabernacles. It's the Feast of Trumpets. And so it'll come back with a trumpet, the trumpet of God. And it says, uh, the dead in Christ will rise first. In other words, those who've gone on before, they... They're gone. And then those of us, and that might be you and me. That might be today. I don't know. (laughs) Don't want to scare y'all too bad. But uh, after that, the uh, we who are still alive are left to be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Forever. That's what God wants for us. And so the power demonstrated at the Feast of Tabernacles represents... The second coming of Christ. And let me say something to you. Just like all the Old Testament. The prophets and the law. It just kept saying he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. And then he showed up. And now the Holy Spirit works with us to say. Hey y'all. He's coming back. He's coming back. Y'all better get ready. He's coming back. And he's going to take us out of here. So my challenge to you is. Either you're ready to go. Or we're helping you get ready to go. Because one of the two. You're either in that place. It's like God wants you to be ready. Amen. So here's how does that how does that translate into your and my life here today right now? When the when when the Holy Spirit was poured out in Acts chapter two, verse 12, it says uh, the people were amazed and perplexed and they asked one another, what does it mean when the Holy Spirit got poured out? And I, I believe there's there's three things I want to help us with. One is we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. To live morally. Like what Kellen was talking about. The sin that so easily besets us. Like everybody in this room. Me included. We got stuff. We've done stuff. Stuff's been done to us. So we have this. And so our ability to choose right and wrong. The morality of what we do. God says. I'm not going to write it on a stone. I'm going to write it in their hearts. I'm going to give them, this is what the Holy Spirit does. It's not me. Anybody ever try to white knuckle it to stop from doing something? You have a habit, you have something going on and you're just like, eh, I'm going to, oh, I won't do it. I won't do it. I won't do it. Oh, rats. I gave up and I did it. Anybody besides me ever had to struggle like that? Y'all haven't. Okay, good. Y'all, y'all can, y'all can come and pray for me later. But, uh, <laughs> but what this does is because of what Jesus did and because of what the Holy Spirit does, he now empowers us. That's what we're empowered by the Holy Spirit to live morally. In Ezekiel 36, 26 and 27, he says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. 
And what did he say? I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Anybody ever had that heart of stone where you just, because of things that happen in our lives, we get hard-hearted because of things people say to us and things people do, and then we accentuate and we're like, and you just get hard and you just don't want to hear. And so people can even be kind to you. And guess what? It bounces right off like water on a rock. It just goes right, it just keeps bouncing off. This is why Jesus sent the Holy Spirit was to do the work in here, to help us. This is why I said, I'll give you a new heart, a new spirit. I'll remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And this is what it says, 27, and I will put my spirit in you. Capital, my wind, my breath, my life, I'll put it in you to do what? What's the reason he's going to do that? I'll put it in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. In other words, like Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish it. I came to give you the power to fulfill it. In other words, I'm going to put something in here and it's going to be so good. You're going to be like, I I don't want to worship grasshoppers. I I, I don't want to go and worship pigs and I don't want to go eat one, some barbecue, some, but I I don't want to bow down and worship it. It, You know, I don't, I don't want to lie anymore. Anybody ever had a, had a problem lying? When I was younger, man, my parents had to catch me telling the truth. They didn't have to catch me in a lie. They'd have to catch me. Hold it. Bob, I think he told the truth that time. I'm not sure, you know. It's no longer me trying to do it. It's him doing it in me. That's the power that he does. It's no longer he transforms this. He moves me. It it goes from a want, from a have to to a want to. Like I want to do this. I want to love it. I want to, I, you know, I don't want to use the Lord's name in vain. I don't want to do that. I don't want to worship idols. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I want to honor the Sabbath. That's what I want to do. I don't want to uh, murder any of that. I just want to love people. I want to help. I want God to do his work. So that's the beauty of that. And then Romans 8, 8 verse 9, it says, but you'll not be controlled by your sinful nature. Many times we get controlled by that, but we're not. Jesus said, you are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit living in you. So God's desire through all this is that that fresh wind, that fresh breath, the Holy Spirit begins to blow. And He begins to do the work in here. It's not me trying. That's why it says you will receive power. It didn't say you will work for power. Get rid of the Charles, Charles Atlas mindset. I gotta go in the weight room. I gotta do, I gotta pray. Okay, God, I'm praying. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm praying. See, I'm praying. You know, I'm praying. You know, I'm reading my Bible. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, I'll help. I'll do, I'll do, I'll do. And it's just a treadmill. And God's saying, if you'll just receive work from the power I give you, it will transform the way you operate and the way you connect with Him and the way you and I, we connect with other people. Amen. Praise the Lord. So the, the second thing the Holy Spirit does, he empowers us to live morally. He also empowers us. Uh, we're, we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to live miraculously. Miraculously. And some of y'all are like, it's a miracle I'm here today. Praise the Lord. It's a miracle. <laughs> it's a miracle you're watching online. Praise the Lord. Miraculously. We are supposed to experience the miracle working power of God. Jesus expects that. And some of you go, Mark, I don't know if, if you consider my life on the miraculous side. Well, praise God, there's room for you to grow right there. We, there's things that God personally wants to use you to do that I can't do. That's what Acts 10, verse 37 and 38. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth 
with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good. Why did he anoint him? With the Holy Spirit and power, the purpose of that power was given to him. So he'd go around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with them. Let me say, we have a real enemy that hates you with all of his guts. He, he hates your guts and he, he don't even like himself and he wants to wreak havoc. And I'm telling you, God said, you, he ain't got nothing on you. The Holy Spirit's come to destroy. Jesus said he came to destroy the works of the enemy in our life. And he, God's still in the miracle working business. Like he still heals people. Physically, spiritually, emotionally. He still breaks addiction continually. He still helps relationship. He, he restores lives. And so John 14, 12, Jesus at the Last Supper said this, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I do, have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And my wife and I were talking about this yesterday morning. We were working, she's, she's like, you know, I just think it's so cool that remember Jesus was here talking to us, but as we pray, Jesus is right next to the Father. And he said, hey, hey, you see what they're doing? Hey, hey, Father, help them out right here. They, they really need that. They, they really need your power, your strength. So we've got an advocate sitting right in the Father's ear praying for you, praying for me, that when we make that request, it's straight to him. Like, there it is. Hey, so we've got incredible power right there. And so the third and final one is we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to live missionally. Like we have a mission. You have a mission, whether you know it or not. You say, Mark, I don't know. I, I messed up with God a while back. I was doing good, and then something cut in, and it kind of got my focus off. I'm telling you, you still have a mission. It will never leave you. You, you were born with a purpose on purpose. You were born with a purpose on purpose. You are not an accident. God knew exactly what he was getting into when he called you. Unlike marriage sometimes. You know what I'm saying? All the married people in the house say amen. <laughs> Woo. Watch it. We ain't going to step on too many toes. But, uh, you know, you didn't know what you was getting into. You're like, hold it. I do. Hold it. What did I do? <laughs> it can be a battle. But let me say this to you. Even in this, the Holy Spirit has a mission and he's got a power that he wants to use even in that. And I'm believing God. That's what I've been praying for during this time. I've been praying for marriages. How many of you know when you have to start all of a sudden, y'all been working away and you've been going and you've been going and you've been going and you come back like, hey, how you doing? Okay, go on, I'm going this way now. And, and then all of a sudden you're like, hey, hey, <laughs> what time is it? It's 12, okay. Hey, what time? It's three, okay. <laughs> you get real close to each other all of a sudden. All of a sudden, things start showing up. Attitudes and things you normally work out at work. And you're going and you're doing it. And all of a sudden, it's all day right there. And you're... So I've been praying for marriages. I've been praying for relationships. I've been praying for families. That God would, at this time, bring this power of coming together. And that's what First Thessalonians 1.5 says. Our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know, when we look at this, when we live missionally, it's not about me. It's about the people that aren't me. See, church 
you know, salvation, you don't even have to go to church to be saved. And I know some of y'all right now, it's gonna, you know, your head's going to spin. What? Of course I do. I won't be saved if I don't go to church. Remember, Jesus does that. Jesus does that all by himself. He saves us. It's without prayer, without going to church, without any works. We go to church because we want to be a part of the body and I need to be connected just like your body needs. Your part, if your hand's over here, that's not good. You know, if my hand's over there on the other side, that's not, we need to be together. And so it's not about, this is where it's not a, um, just about an experience where I have power. It's I'm using the power God's given me to help transform other people's lives. And so, I, you know, there's ways we're doing that right now. Right now, you may not know it, but we're starting this week, thanks to Dee Dee Gableman and her crew, they're opening up loaves and fishes. There's going to be people, if you got people hungry, send them over there. They're going to start that. Also, we have, we've, right now at Manor House, we've, we, you, as a church, you support people that are being fed. Right now, there have been bottles, that baby bottles, some of you saw baby bottles being passed out. That's for Skylark. And for those of you who don't know who Skylark, I encourage you to get acquainted with them. Get to know who they are. Because they're impacting lives in a major way, like really lives. Like babies would be lost if they were not there to offer hope, encouragement, and comfort to women who find themselves in a very difficult situation of not knowing what to do when they get pregnant. Going, I, I don't. What do I do for young girls and old alike? It's a way that they lovingly come and surprise you. Help do that. Those baby bottles, you can fill them with change. You can fill them with with dollars. You can fill them with a check. <laughs> Keep all that change. I think. Patrick, one of our elders that, that directs it, he would love that. But you can do that. Other ways you can do it. Like when you're going out, you're going to leave here today and you're going to go eat somewhere, maybe at home. You can tip people very well. You can say, you know what? I just want to help you. And you say, Mark, I don't got much. That's probably why. Because you start giving and God will start giving. He operates according. You, he says it. You go look. Second Corinthians chapter 9. He said, hey, who you sow sparingly, they reap sparingly. Right now, you can, you can, we've got, not, you know, above our time, we've got a heart for the house. You can go to christianrenewal.org slash heart for the house. And you can see online the pictures of what it's going to look like over there. And you can, I think there's even some pictures of what it looks like right now. Because you need those pictures too to get the whole picture of where you come from and where you go. So I I just want to challenge us this morning. God wants every one of us, you online, He wants every one of us to make a difference. And I know that it, we can't do it on our own. God, what God has for you, what God has for me, this morning was one of the most stressful mornings of my life. And it's not because I had to come to church. It's because of so many things that were going wrong. And I literally was going, what? Okay. Oh, oh what? Okay, yeah. Let me go. Oh, what? We don't have what? And I literally stopped. And I said, oh. Oh, Mark. Oh, ye of little faith. Oh, ye of. You're running around and you're trying. And hey, hey, who? What? I said, Lord, this is your day. This is your day. You're going to bless your people. You're going to do that. You love these. You Look, God loves you more than you will ever, your mind will ever be able to grasp. He did it. He even showed it with his son, Jesus, dying. 
And I'd like to do this right now with those in the room and those who are watching online. Maybe you've been listening to me and you said, you know what? I don't have that peace, Mark, you're talking about. I don't have that life. You keep talking about this breath of fresh air. You keep talking. I feel stale. I feel dead. I feel dull. I feel like my life's not going anywhere. I don't feel like there's any hope for me. I just want to tell you this morning, man, there is. There's a whole new power you haven't tapped into that God wants to give you it's not based on your goodness that's where i got to help you bypass your brain a minute because right now you'll think of all the reasons why you don't deserve it and i can come up with some of my own for myself and that's where god says it's not about you it's about what i've done it's not about what you've done so i'm going to ask you in the room here if you do me a tremendous honor if you just close your eyes for just a moment i'm not going to ask you to come forward I'm not going to ask you to, 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 to get up right now. I'm just going to ask you to do one thing. And those watching online, I'm going to ask you to take inventory. I'm going to ask you to be real with yourself for just a moment and say, do I have this life? Am I just going through the motions? Am I just faking it till hopefully I make it? Or have I just re- released and given Jesus my life So he in turn could give me his life. And I want to give you that opportunity this morning. And if you'd say, Mark, I don't have that. I'm not. Man, I I, I haven't been living. I've got this stuff inside. And Lord, I don't want that there. Jesus, I need you. And you know you need him. I'm going to ask you to do me a simple favor. If you just slip your hand up wherever you are in this sanctuary this morning. Anybody else? Praise the Lord. Anybody else? This is between you and the Lord. Same between anybody else. Praise God. Anybody else? Praise the Lord. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes. Yes. There's life coming right now. Thank you, Lord, right now. I'm going to ask everybody that would like, if you'll pray this prayer with me, you just simply say, Lord Jesus, I have done things. I have said things that have been displeasing to you and dishonoring to me and my family. But Jesus, I recognize that you gave your life so that I could have life. And I receive your life right now. And I make a choice, an act of my will. I give you my life. Lord, have your way in me and have your way through me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hey, look here. Look here. If you, if you did that, let me say this. It's a, it's a step. And I, I applaud every person. It, that's a beautiful, powerful thing. And I'm telling you, God's spirit wants to blow in and blow up. I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna begin to walk in a way. You go, wow, you'll be convicted about things that you never were. You're going, hold on. You mean I can't talk to people like that? I remember one time a young man prayed that prayer and the next day he just seemingly said, okay, Jesus, I give you my life. I did. The next day he called me and said, you ain't going to believe this. I said, what? He said, I've got a conscience. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> he said, I got a conscience. I said, yeah, because the Holy Spirit blows that breath in us. And I want to challenge you. Well, we're going to do this. We're going to, I'm going to close this in prayer and bless you. Well, there will be people. We, we can still pray for people and pray over people. 
And so, and we'll pray for you. I want to encourage you, those online and even those in the house, if you made a decision, if you would fill out this card, you can go over that counter, just take a moment. All it would do is help us to help you on your next journey. If you're online, you can fill out a digital connect card. It's there. Fill that out. Or if you have a prayer request, on the bottom of this is a prayer request. God answers prayer, but only if we pray. We, it's up to us to cry out on on other on our behalf and on others' behalf. I'm a firm believer. I just pray about everything. I get I get stressed. Jesus, Je- hey hey Jesus, Jesus, we I need help right here. That's what we're we're called to do. And so if if you would do that, that would be a tremendous honor. And then all like I said, we'll be here available. We'll pray for anybody that needs prayer this morning and anoint with oil and say, hey, we got you. We'll we'll bless. Thank you, Lord. If you would just open your hands, receive from the Lord. Those of you online as well, receive from him. Father God, you're the one that commanded blessing to be spoken over your people that your name might be placed on them and you in turn would do the blessing. And so I say to each one of you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord causes face to shine upon you and to be gracious to you. And the Lord lift the light of his countenance on you and give you his peace in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Also, if you'll keep online, we do have small groups that are meeting at different times. You can check online for that, where they are, prayer groups and other things. God bless each and every one of you. We'll see you next week.